New Apostolic Reformation. Right. Nar. It's silly that you wouldn't put this together. We're still reforming. It's new in our time, but it's actually old. The writing of scripture had nothing to do with being an apostle. It had to do with being an eyewitness. Don't take our word for it. Read it for yourself. It's not like the Elks Lodge of movement. Okay. (laughs) That's how people talk about it. You know, you gnar. I'm like, everyone's gnar. Paul never writes on don't marry a horse, but that doesn't mean that it's okay. It's the tenor of what the instruction that we have. is literally purifying the bride. The new apostolic reformation I would propose is the final honing of the church. All right, welcome back to the Lebanon House Prayer Podcast. We've got Jeremiah in the house with us, and we are going to talk today about the current Reformation, and he's going to kind of share with us what he sees as he's been on the road, and we're just going to talk about this this uh, phrasing. And one thing I love about Jeremiah is he takes he takes words and he helps us define them. Like as a teacher, he kind of says, "Hey, this is what this word means," you know, because culturally, words mean many things. Yep. So. Today, we're talking about this buzzword out on the internet right now, or in theological circles, or in churches, or wherever you're at, about the new apostolic reformation, right? NAR. NAR, it's called, right? N-A-R. And so, tell us what that is, and, and what you're seeing, and let's, let's just, let's, let's basically make that word unscary yeah. for people. It can be scary. Yes. Um, well, new words can be scary, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's people in that movement. So let's, let's, there's two things I want to say uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this. Okay. So I had a, So are we eating the vegetables here? Like we're eating the roll uh, on the side. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> rolls and there's, there's meat rolls. and potatoes. Meat so potatoes. I had a DS uh, district superintendent's <clears throat> wife call me and <clears throat> she said, are you familiar with NAR? Yeah. And yeah. Which means new apostolic reformation. And she said, um, is it? Is that she's that's really scary, and so and of course she was going to get eventually to you know um, what do we do about it? Is it bad? Obviously she thinks it's bad, but when she said you know I find that that's scary, and I looked at her and I was like what part? Yeah, you know which part's scary? And she didn't know enough, which that's not bad. I would didn't you know because it's a huge thing when someone comes up to me and talks to me about you know, any, anything like, like a kind of a, not just a church, like, okay, what do you think about Bethel? Or what do you think about IHOP? Or what do you think right. about, you know, these, whatever, you know, what do you think about, uh, Andy Stanley? Or what do you think about, uh, right. Joel Stanley? Right. If you're going to, that's Don kind Carter. of like, yeah, what do you think about these people? That's ax to grind against people that are doing things. But right. when you're talking about movements, we're talking about, um, like there was the holiness movement yeah. that fractured. There was the Pentecostal movement that fractured okay. into a number of different groups. Right. You have a new apostolic movement that is fractured already. Yeah. And if you, it, it, you can't just, you can't talk to people because there's going to be someone watching. I'm talking to you. Right. You can't right just um, go watch a couple YouTube videos on Bethel and make uh, observations about accurate ob- observations about uh, you know the new the, the nar um, right or accurate observations about bethel yes because yeah, bethel is a group of people unless you know the people 
how do you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you just, I don't know. But that's, anyways, that's a whole nother thing. It is a whole nother thing. But, but that's the nature of slander. A, that's the nature of slander that I, right. you, you don't know people, you don't know the fruit, you don't know the good or bad, and there's good or bad in everything, period. Right. You know, there's good and bad in Jeremiah. Right. You know, not, not like I'm not murdering people or living in a rebellion, but there's still things that, that are not, you know, get around me, you see them. Okay. So, but you've earned the right to walk in relationship with me and no. So that's, yeah. So there's a slander. What you're really talking about there is slander. But when you get to the nuts and bolts about a movement, not individual churches, right? How I usually address that is when um, people ask me. So this happened last summer. I was at a, a United Methodist camp and it was the United Methodist side that were leaving. Uh, the Methodist church or the United Methodists were splitting yeah. over the issue of uh, homosexuality. Right. And so I was with the group that were, uh, you know, um, you know, not affirming. Okay. They're, and that word needs explained, but they, so I came to their camp anyway. Right. And so they asked me, how's the church of the Nazarene doing? Yeah. Which is the exact same question essentially is, you know, what do you think of NAR? Right. Because people say, how's the church of the Nazarene doing? Well, which part? Right. Which, there, yeah, it's big. which, yeah, it's where a big at? umbrella. Are you talking about the church of the Nazarene in Massachusetts? Right. Are you talking about the church of the Nazarene in New York? Are you talking about the church of the Nazarene in Hoodoo, Tennessee? Right. Are you talking about it in Detroit, Michigan? How about Marion, Indiana? Yeah. You know, what, what church of the Nazarene are you talking about? And then not only that, but what theological slant of the church of the Nazarene? You know, are you talking about the church of the Nazarene in central Ohio where people are being slain in the spirit uh, and, you know, moved massively by the spirit or the people in northeastern Ohio that are not moved at all by the spirit, you know, and they're, you know, not slain in the spirit, but they're petrified in the spirit, you know, right. And, and and there's, there's good parts about both. So what I'm saying is, is there's this wide spectrum of the church of the Nazarene, which is why we've got these individual groups that, you know, concern Nazarenes, these different kind of groups Mm -hmm. on Facebook, we're all concerned and, you know, and and everybody's taking in and we're getting ready to have general assembly, you know, and they're, they're already, yeah, there are this next summer and they're already, um, bringing up, you know, these concerns about what's going to be presented on the floor because there's movements, yeah. you know, within the church of the Nazarene of where we're going to go in the direction and all that. So anybody, so that's what you're saying about the NARS. Yes. It's a movement. It's not necessarily, yes. a, it's, a it's not like someone says, Hey, we're NARS. Oh, Hey, yeah. this is the, and there's cool highlights doctrine. to that, but then there's right. also elements right. of the new apostolic reformation that I believe most Nazarenes, if they studied it, got off YouTube and actually read all the writers and the history for the past 80 years, hundred years, that they would realize that there's been, that this is just a, a natural progression of what's been going on in the whole, um, reformed, uh, reformation movement. It we're still reforming. Right. So that's what you're, yes. And we talked about that at the There's last no video, doubt. right? Like we're last still podcast. reforming. Yes. And I yes, want to give it a history, reformation. overview history of it. I want to give it overview history. And yeah. I'm not, and I'm, and, and I'm not, it's a lot of reading because right. you're reading over 500 years and you're yeah. reading over different cultural movements and, yeah. and, and, and pushbacks from the world and the, you know, the industrial revolution, the printing press, really what separated 
Wycliffe from Luther was the printing press. Right. Seriously. He did put it down on paper. Yes. People and could read not it. only put it down on paper for the academics writing in Latin, but he also wrote in German, which means that there was, um, uh, yeah, he was, this was becoming, see the reason that the Catholic church could, could whack Wycliffe and not Luther is because of the public, like what could be done in secret now is very public. It was like yeah. the first what it would be it's like the first social media of their right. day, of their day. Yeah. yeah we're like hey. and so like when when luther showed up to the diet of worms you know they guaranteed his safety and protection from his diocese or whatever that thing was called i forget i forget but he had this like the roman catholic church had these particular yeah. you know and i mean there was massive there was two popes at the time of, of, of luther. bodies yeah right. so i mean you one in france and and so you had all and one in rome so you had all these i mean it right. was a mess right right and so um Luther actually comes and they had all these, uh, what is the diet of worms when they're having that, you know, the here I stand speech and all these people came because like, he's a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So he's publishing all of this anyway. So the, there are these cultural, huge cultural developments yeah. from the printing press all the way up through humanism, all the way up through, um, you know, the age of reason, you yeah. know, uh, all the way up through the writings of Nietzsche. And then you have, Freud and all of these. I mean, God, I, I, I ain't got time to read all that crap. <laughs> you can read all that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm not teaching a class on this, but at the right. same time, I'm trying to read overview history yeah. from people that are accurate and don't have an agenda yeah. so you can understand. I mean, you, you have to have an, an informed opinion, an educated opinion. So yeah. having said all of that, when I was in college, I had to really decide what I was going to do. Right. I knew I wasn't... Uh, gifted intellectually, honestly. So I remember uh, me and Mark Hendrickson went to, I probably shouldn't mention his name, but Mark, I love him. He's up in pastoring in Indiana. Um, we went after class and I just tagged along. Yeah. We got our papers back from Dr. Branson. Yeah. And we both got B's. Yeah. And uh, Mark was like, I don't accept this. And I was like, you can do that. <laughs> We're allowed to do this. Yeah. He was like, oh yeah. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to go down. I deserve an A. So he went down, he went to, to Dr. Branson. He was outside his office. Dr. Branson, I don't want to take much of your time, but he goes, I would like to give some, you know, basically pushback on um, yeah. my paper. He goes, I deserve an A. Branson goes, why? And he goes, he, he walked through this whole deal and it's really good. And you could tell that he's studied and, and Branson yeah. goes, yeah, all right, good. Scratch out, gave him an A. So yeah. I stepped up next and he goes, no, Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> He said, hey, I deserve an A. He did. He goes, Jeremiah, there's A students and there's B students. You are clearly a B student. I was just like, I was all demoralized. I was like, yes. Because I knew it was true. I was like, you know what? I'm probably a C student. You know, <laughs> but I'm going to take this B. In. So, and that's the that's thing. Funny. Like, I, I, had, I, I aced Greek when I was in college. Right. But Dr. Thompson, who's Dick Thompson, he's out at Northwest Nazareth. He shows up to revivals when I'm out there. So he still yeah. loves me. But, um, you know, he, he, he told me he, he, cause he was picking a, a student aide and he's yeah. like, yes, yeah, is, is it, isn't that I, you? Yeah. That's you. You got extra, a lot of extra credit. You know, you did yeah. every bit of extra credit. So, um, my point is, is that I didn't really, I knew that that wasn't my call. I'm not an academic. I'm not, you know, right. my sister is crazy intelligent. I'm not, I'm not dumb, but I'm, I, I, I work really hard at knowing cause you have to know what you, you need to talk about. Right. But I had, I was under this delusion, Chad that the reason my motivation for higher education, why I entered my master's program yeah. um, and why I was going to go into a doctorate was because uh, it was for the wrong reason. It was, if I had more letters behind my name, if I had 
more education yeah. than um, I, that would be a, a platform, a backing for people to believe what I, I would say. But then I begin to watch my professors, especially my master's level classes. I begin to watch my professors and they, when you just got more letters behind your name, you just got a new whole nother level of, of opponents. Right. And right. then the younger, the old, the masses, they would no longer argue with you, but they would rely on their opponents. Well, you should read this guy. Right. And I was like, I, and that's never ending. Right. And so keep going up the ladder. Right. Yeah. So I was like my motivation, not academics. Academics is great. We need to have to have good scholars, but my motivation was wrong. And I went back to the Lord and, um, so I left and went out into field evangelism for years until 2018. And the Holy Spirit moved in my life in a new way. And he brought uh, reformation. He did. And, and what I found was that I had been speaking to the masses, expositionally arguing, you know, presenting, living, loving Jesus. But Jesus in 2018 signs wonders of a consecrated life. Um, not just signs and wonders. Cause I meet right. a lot of Pentecostals who I work with that have earned signs and wonders. Right. And there's some locally that don't have a consecrated life and it's evident. Right. But signs so when you and, say consecrated, what do you mean? Like holy living, holy living, purity, living free. Yes. Purity and like living free. It's living one thing free of oppression. See Nazarenes. Living. It's yeah. one thing to walk in and lay your hands on someone and see them healed. People flip out. Right. But I believe the greatest wonder in our day and age is being assaulted verbally and not responding, but right. loving in grace. And I see That's a lot of Pentecostals life. who don't do that. Right. And I'm not impressed with that because we don't promote on, I learned yeah. this from you. Yeah. We don't promote on giftings. I learned that from Annoying. you because I was so like, he, Chad, Chad pulled me aside in 2018 when I started seeing all this and my, I came back to him and I was like, Lane, and we saw, I'd, I saw people whose eyes were opened up and ears that could hear. Seeing and, healings. Yeah. I was seeing it. And then I was, I came back and he was like, careful, you know, yeah. you were, you were really cautioning me. So what my point is, is that when we get into the new apostolic reformation. It's so this is what you told the DS's wife. Like yeah. You went around all that, but now, now you're back in. Well, you know, we had a, we had an hour conversation, hour conversation. That's yeah. good. And so what I told her was, yeah, let's get back to there. So anyway, but what so, cause this could be a two hour long podcast probably yeah. should be. Right. So we go longer 20 minutes on this one, but right. um, with the new apostolic reformation, I, I told her, I said, there's good parts and bad parts to it. And I, yeah. and the reason I say it's good, it's because they call it the new apostolic reformation. It is new in terms of there's new elements being introduced in this period of reformation, which this I'll explain time. in a minute, Yeah, but it's really not new. It's not new. So in the last podcast, and you go back and watch that one, we talked about why I've been studying the reformation is yeah. because I'm seeing things and uh, the Holy God just literally just pointed me to Martin Luther and said, yeah. that dude's after my heart. He wasn't perfect. Right. Okay. He, but it isn't about being perfect. Right. He was like, that dude was after me because he was in bondage. He wasn't in freedom and, and still probably fully wasn't free, you yeah. know? Um, but, um, man, he, he was after what they had back to the sort sort yeah. is right. Yeah. You know, uh, Ad fontes. He was wanted to go back to what the Ecclesia looked like in the first century. First Ecclesia century. is the word for, we translate church, church. Thanks to King James. 
but really it's fellowship. It's the right. body of believers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, when you go back and look at this hunger in his life, there were things that God brought about because he wanted to reform yeah. I believe a bride, an end times bride. I know that yeah. sounds scary, but an end times bride that we needed to be changed and we need to get back. And so all of what was going on in Europe, which spread to the United States, of course, into the four corners of the globe in preparation for the restoration of Israel, that whole period of time, there were things that were introduced and yeah. it wasn't all at once. Yeah. So you have the whole grace, faith, scripture alone to the glory of God alone. Glory of God alone is nothing more than to say, um, you know, word, thought, and deed, praying without ceasing. That's that kind of stuff. So when, when that's going on and then when you get into Wesley and I read this really neat book that was kind of a compilation of things that was out of his journals called the supernatural occurrences of John Wesley. I think there's a PDF version out there for free. PDF version. That's worth reading it is dude it's so hysterical. because it's like his life and he's experiencing these things he's like i don't know what just happened it's but documented this is, yeah and he's it's documented legit. it all he's yeah. like i it's yeah. kind of like his journal like yeah. and it's cool to see like he's, he doesn't know these things are happening these signs and wonders and he's like well this happened yeah. demons know. coming out people being healed like, yeah this was a normal thing <clears throat> that was his in life. wesleyan and methodism and i think he was trying to process through it because I don't know that he had a teacher that was didn't like, see it over in England. Yeah. So he didn't see this and he's like, what in the world's happening? You so know? you have that's going on. Yeah. And mainly starting in America, honestly. Yeah. Um, and Wesley traveled around with George Whitfield, who was yeah. a Calvinist. Yeah. Calvin. So there was, uh, and he had, he had like crazy encounters. Yes. 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 yes, yes he's the one who told people get out of trees. Cause he said, when the spirit falls, yes, you're going to fall out of that tree. So he would call them down from the tree. What's beautiful that didn't go on at Luther. Here's the point we want to make. We can get into the we can get into the trenches with each individual phase. But right. if you really want to study, stop watching YouTube videos yeah. and search. We live in an information age. Yeah. You can and there are some some good journal articles from, you know, uh, universities on, you know, the history of Christianity during the Reformation period would would you could spend a year there and it would benefit you tremendously, honestly, just from looking at the movement of God yeah. over these periods of years. Cause you'll find that there's phases where there's like new things introduced. Remember that yeah. new things introduced. Okay. But so they're actually old things. Yes. They're actually old things, but they're new things introduced in our time period in that day. Yeah. Under Wesley, you know, uh, or excuse me, under Luther, Wycliffe to Luther, you yeah. know, finding Liberty, between personal me and Jesus, I can read the scriptures for myself. Major advancement yeah. since August, you know, Augustinian kind of, you know, Constantine during those periods of years where the Catholic Church was kind of pinholed for the upper echelon. Um, and then from there, you move, you begin to move into signs and wonders. But yeah. then you begin to move into Methodism as it matures um, all the way up through the time of like the branching of uh, the church of the Nazarene, which is my heritage under Wesley uh, or excuse me, under uh, Brzee. And I've read his biography and I've, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, the story of his life all the way up through Azusa and and how he was traveling around the Methodist church, raising money. And he had such an anointing on him, but I love the part where he really back 
back to the sources idea right. was still carrying him. I mean, that's, you got to read this stuff because yeah. literally with Wesley and the start of the church in the Nazarene and the storefront properties with no dress codes, he's, he's bringing reform. Yeah. He's bringing it's, reformation it's, and it's to the not church just, of that day. Now, let me say this. It's not reform in terms of we're going to, we, we got to correct some things we've got off. Yeah. There's right. been some off and, you, and there's a pendulum that comes back. It's but good. really what he's saying is this, it's, it's a fine tuning, narrowing that Wesley was like, Okay, we did good, but we get off a little bit, and 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 it's it's bringing bringing it into alignment yeah. to the common people, the no dress code, the no class system. Yeah. You know, it's that was all going, and that took a while. That took a while. You didn't right. have that. You did not have that in um, Luther. You had yeah. a common, okay, yeah. and you had some, but you know. The common and academics dwelling together as equals within the ecclesia was epitomized, I believe, in 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 uh, uh, you know later Methodism and Wesleyanism, and right? Specifically, excuse me, Methodism and and Phineas Brzee and the Church of the Nazarene. Because man, I've been to churches, these old Methodist churches that still have the class seating. They're yeah. not that anymore. But so, but then my point is, is that you have this narrowing, and then there were new things being introduced during that time, speaking in tongues, yeah. and what happens is you have a pendulum swing yeah like luther those he's quoted you know love god and sin boldly you know yeah. i mean okay that's a pendulum swing <clears throat> right that right. came back right. under john calvin and kind of because john yeah. calvin wrote a ton of holiness and it kind of resettled and then you had the gifts and signs and you had this big pendulum swing and then it kind of and then tongues we know what happened to that especially you know the dividing of the church of the nazarene over you know and, and the whole pentecostal i mentioned earlier in this podcast about the fracturing of the meth uh, the west or the methodist holiness movement and the fracturing of the pentecostals that's what this is this is introducing of a new thing yes okay tongues and it's this massive pendulum swing and then they they resettle. And you said, what do you mean resettle? Well, in the Pentecostal movement, people's like, well, I don't believe in Pentecostals. Well, which part? Yeah. Well, the part that like, you know, that uh, they believe in tongues. We believe in tongues. Yeah. Church of the Nazarene believes in tongues yeah. in, a, in a very, very specific biblical, like I love our stance on tongues yeah. in the Church of the Nazarene. I yeah. think we need to rethink um, some, some elements of it. But, you know, the idea that, you know, if there's a public proclamation in an unknown tongue, that there's an interpreter, that's right out of the scriptures. I mean, mm -hmm. that's biblical. Right. So like people's like, well, I'm talking about the Pentecostal movement, like, you know, Bethel. Well, Bethel actually pulled out of the assemblies of God because that there is a there is a uh, more to the liberal okay, right left. There's more to a liberal viewpoint on tongues, which is that it's evidence for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And Bill Johnson was like, "That's not true. No. That's not true. There's nowhere. I mean, there's nowhere in the New Testament where people uh, there. There's nowhere in the New Testament where the demonstration or the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is speaking in tongues. That's not a biblical. And that's what Bill Johnson was saying. That's right. He's like, "Listen, right. I can't." And yeah. then he also, I know also there was some, there was some shifting yes. under yeah, yeah. deliverance too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deliverance they were, as well. They yeah. were beginning to see some deliverance but stuff. specifically so. with tongues, when you talk about Pentecostals and the issue of tongues, what are you talking about? Yeah. And to be quite frank with you, people that you read on that make, they're just ignorant. Right. And I mean that they're, they're uneducated. They, they, don't, they, they haven't, haven't educated it. themselves. It's like walking in when my, when you have two people arguing and taking sides on who's right. Right. Well, Without, you don't know the, you don't know the, the 20 year history. Right. Here. And you don't know the perspective. You don't know the perspective. So I love this. So what you're saying here, so we're going to walk through, you know, this lady asked you this new apostolic reformation. Yes. And so you explain the reformation. Reformation is changed. Like the yes. Lord is bringing about reformation. He's bringing yes. about change. 
You even back to the roots. Back, back to, to the, the roots. Yeah, back to what and the he new designed. is not is new in our time, but it's actually old. Yes. So this is not new theology. This is not oh God's doing something new yes. that no we've never seen before. No, this is actually what we believe was yes. happening in the early church. So we have the new apostolic. Now explain the apostolic. Okay. Now so, so what the you new talk apost- about apostolic. Yeah. Well, now apostles are big. Apostolic I can't explain too. it. I can't explain the whole thing because what I can do is I can talk about some of the criticisms mainly over the term apostle yeah but that's not all what the new apostolic reformation is about across the board right and you could write books on on right crazy left liberals aspect of yeah uh, nar and then the conservative nar right and 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 what we based on where you were culturally or where you and nazarenes are not going to want to hear this but uh, in my tribe but we are a part of the nar as well but right. we are extreme right. Yeah. And you say, what do you mean right? Well, the NAR is just a phrase that is at both negative and positive that is assessing, like it took some time to us, like things were happening and people began to assess. Yeah. But it really comes down to uh, Ephesians chapter four yeah. and recognizing that apostle, prophet, teacher, uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, shepherd yeah. were, uh, for the lack of a better term, offices. Yeah. They were elements mm-hmm. for equipping the body. Yep. Okay. Now, because of that language in Ephesians four that equip the body to be, to go out, yeah. um, this is an ongoing deal, right? It is absolutely uh, ir- like academically irresponsible and just, um, I mean, it's silly. Like right. it's that you wouldn't put this together that it wasn't just for the writing of scripture. Right. Uh, that's a reformed idea that now we have the scriptures, but an ongoing oh. office for every generation that is equipping the body to win their generation. Yeah. It isn't just for the first, because if you say, well, it's, it's equipped the church. Well, what church of that generation? What about our generation? We're kind of screwed because we, right. had, you know, we're a different thing for after 900 years of Catholicism. What do we do? Well, oh, well, what we really mean is for the writing of scriptures. No, that's not true either. Cause yeah. that's, and that's a long conversation that's easily seen. That's not the truth. There were right. apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, shepherd that were around that did not write in scripture oh. and that were after the writing of scripture. Right. And you so know. when we say apostle, we're not talking about one of the 12. Right. Obviously. So let me explain that. So first off, there were basically three kinds of an apostle. And the only reason there's three is because there is the second kind of an apostle is we don't know what to do with Paul. Yeah. So there was the 12 apostles. One dies business meeting of the early church, Acts chapter one through four. But really, Acts chapter one, they're like, what do we do with this Judas guy? Okay, yep. we got to have 12. There were prophecies not only about ministry here on earth, but over the 12 tribes of Israel, yep. Holy Spirit speaking to them, we got to have a 12th apostle. So they had to replace him. Well, there was a pool of people. There's only 120. Yep. There's only 120 that they yep. could have replaced. And Paul wasn't a part of the 121. Yeah, he was not a part of the 120. No. And they said that's And the there pool. were requirements. Yeah, and there were that was the pool to pick from and the requirements were out of that pool you had to be around from the baptism of Jesus and to his ascension. Just big. Yeah, and there, big, there was only two in that entire group that met <laughs> yeah. that qualification. Right. It's it was like Jesus Barabbas I think and Matthias. Yep. And they picked Matthias. Yep. And so people say, "Well, Paul was supposed to fit there." Paul didn't qualify. He didn't qualify. 
so in fact, Paul is constantly writing in all of his writers, you know, about criticizing people referring to the 12 as like these super apostles. The, yeah. the apostles didn't have that position. It was people in their day that, that were criticizing him, him uh, yeah. over this same apostle issue we're having today. Okay. And Paul was like, you have the 12 and their purses, but I am an apostle to the Gentiles and an eyewitness. Now the writing of scripture had nothing to do with being an apostle. It yeah. had to do with being an eyewitness, right? That's what it was that's because Paul that's what wasn't says. the 12, but he was an eyewitness. Yeah. So what was the purpose of the apostles? Well, the first 12 apostles is a closed group that had closed qualifications for whatever yeah. reason we can go into the reasoning, but that was a closed group. We can prove that from scripture, Matthias, Jesus, yeah. Barabbas, picked. Okay. Matthias, had to be that's closed group. Then you have the next level of apostle, which yeah. I would, I don't, I think there's only two kinds of apostles. Um, the reason that, Paul was able to write scripture. It wasn't because of an apostle it was because he was an eyewitness because he was an eyewitness. Yes. Right. And he said, I've seen Jesus personally sent by Jesus, which is true. Okay. But that level of apostle, if you, and in fact, I'm not going to there's two kinds of apostles. I'm right. not going to indulge that. So the next kind of an apostle wasn't the 12 apostle, but they were the early, and there was tons of them. There was a woman one and there's all this argument. No, she wasn't, wasn't a woman. It was just a guy with a woman's name. We're not going down that road. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Janius no. was not as a woman apostle. Yeah. So you have all of these, these next level or these next generation apostles that were right. not the 12 apostles. They were not like the 12 apostles. They weren't yeah. eyewitnesses. They were not going to write the scripture. They weren't giving fresh vision. They weren't yeah. defining the gospel. That was, that was the 12 apostles and the scriptures plus Paul because of eyewitnesses. But this next level of apostles was simply, and I love the church, of the Nazarene. Okay. Yeah. I'm still a Nazarene. Yeah. Honestly, Chad, I don't feel any inclination leaving it until they kick me out, right. which I don't think is going to happen. Right. I've got votes at this point, but yeah. uh, really I love, like we have apostles in the church of the Nazarene and people right. are like, no, we don't. Yeah, we do. Right. We have missionaries, right. which the term missionary we call Paul's four apostolic journeys as his four missionary journeys. The idea of a missionary, the yeah. idea of one is taking mission. They are apostelloed. Right. So a missionary is one who comes in and starts movements. He starts churches. He's gifted and graced. He's not like a pastor. A pastor is not a church planter. A mm. pastor is a shepherd. Right. An evangelist is specific. A teacher is specific and a prophetic. Well, who's the missionary? That's <clears throat> the apostle. Right. Now, are we, I think in our day and age, this new apostolic reformation is really discovering what a missionary really is in the gift and graces of a missionary. Yeah. That's at the core of the new apostolic reformation. Now, are there some crazies out there that says, no, we're just like, you know, Peter and James and, 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 uh, you know, and, and John and, and Andrew and Bartholomew and absolutely. And we can, <laughs> No. Right. And they're crazy. Okay. Right. Just like there's crazy Pentecostals, crazy Nazarenes, there's yeah. crazy Lutherans. Okay. Catholic, yeah. Come on. There's crazy Catholics. I mean, there's all yeah. this. That, there are those versions of those. Yeah. But the new apostolic reformation I would propose is what I believe is the, is, is in the final honing of the church. Yeah. And people will say, how could you say that? Well, one, I can prove it academically, yeah. but number two, um, through experience after 27 years in ministry, next year will be 28. There are things that I'm seeing in these last three or four years of my own life and in the churches I've never seen before. Never seen. <laughs> yeah. So and so we talk a lot about apostolic call in my denomination, apostolic callings in my denomination. I'm called a, an evangelist, yeah. um, but I'm really not an evangelist, Chad. Right. I'm a missionary. Right. 
And so um, I'm, I'm, that's what I am. That's what I do. I go into different places and you've been sent, you know, like we, we send you out. And really what I'm doing is reforming, changing, yes, I go into these churches and I want them to rethink, why are you here? What are you doing? Now there are like Lane Loman is an evangelist. I love that guy. He's like really good. He goes in and he's, he's really incredible. Jim Deal is my favorite speaker of all time. I mean, he's, he's a shepherd that comes in and brings revival and renewal. It's wonderful. Um, I'm a little different when I'm called in every week feels different. And there's a shifting that takes place, uh, uh, shifting. My my deal is, is who are you and what are you called to do? No, I don't care that you, you know, go to church every Sunday and that you're on the board. I could care. How's it been working for you the last 20 years? You guys have been 15. You've, you've maybe 50, something's clearly wrong. Okay, and I don't come in like I know it all kind of thing, but I come in and there's a shifting that takes place and people step into who they're calling to be. That is a missional deal. Missionary goes in and raises up a movement where people find their identity and they begin to win an area. Yeah. That's what a missionary is. That's an yeah. apostolic calling. Yeah, and so, I love that. Yeah, so that's that. like, so it's, it's hysterical to me. I, I talked to this DS's wife and she was like, uh, so that NAR is not like a, it's not like the Elks Lodge, a movement. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's how people talk about it. You know, are right. you gnar? I'm like, everyone's gnar. Right. Because yeah. we're in a season where the yes. missional, That's good. like the whole missional push of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth has been, yeah. that has never been talked about except yeah. in the, tw- in, in, in the, in the 19, the 20th century and we're yeah. 21st century now. So in the 20th century, that really began talked about. That is a apostolic call. Wow. Now, again, a lot of you are going to have an, an, it's healthy. It's healthy. Not just to believe everything you hear, right? Go study, right? Go study it. Go study history yourself. And you're going to, yes. And you're going to look at, spend a year, just stop watching friend reruns of friends. Right. Okay. Probably be helpful. Cut down, you know, just YouTube and Facebook and and Instagram and TikTok, all that, which is healthy. That's really healthy stuff. You know, cut that down from, let's say eight hours a day to even five hours a day. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And having five hours a day on social media and still being a good parent is completely possible. Um, (laughs) But if you could just give three hours of reading just before you go to bed, when you lay in bed or when you wake up in the morning, stop scrolling, get up and read. Yeah. Like due diligence. And if not, that's fine, but don't come to me and think that you're going to sway me or even intimidate right. me because it's doesn't, you're, it doesn't, you're uneducated, you're yeah. ignorant and you're yeah, living you're in a day and age where we get on YouTube and we watch these slanted kind of videos, yes. cherry picking history. And you can't do that. You, you can't, can't do that. that. You, you look got, at the whole picture. You got to look at the as whole, much as the whole picture as you can. And so obviously. people come to me all the time. They're like, how in the world could people believe in this homosexual movement and entire denominations? They cherry pick. They cherry pick. You have not went and looked at the message of the gospel in history and the history of the church. It's interesting. The greatest explanation for why uh, homosexuality is, is um, they're not evil. They're right. demonically deceived. It's demonically inspired. There's, it's demonic oppression yeah. that you can be set free and be different. You don't have to live homosexual the rest of your life as a right. Christian just in celibacy. You can be set free and transformed. Yes. The reason that's so, you go back and look at the greatest proponent for that and the greatest defense of that argument is not one or two different exegetical passages, but it's the tenor of the New Testament where every time Paul or Jesus talks about marriage, family, divorce, dating, remarriage, 
you know, after a deceased spouse, marriage within the confines of an of an unsaved spouse who leaves uh, and you want to get remarried or married, um, you know, after divorce. I mean, there's all these different, this a plethora of just yeah. like Paul talks about marriage like crazy. Never one time does he give in all of those and all of Examples, those details right. about marriage and, and how to I mean, navigate yeah. marriage. He never gives appropriate conduct for same sex marriage. It's always yeah. husband and wife. Which is can, interesting. Can you, can you drink that in? Yeah. Like there's no place at anywhere in any scripture. See, the, the proponent of the homosexual movement is, well, they don't say anything against it. Well, they don't say anything against cocaine. They don't say anything specifically against Paul never writes on don't marry a horse. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's okay. It's, it's the tenor of what the instruction that we have, yeah, especially in light of what was already, see what he was doing in the Old Testament. The Old Testament didn't go away. The Old Testament and what pertained to new covenant holiness living was explained in the New Testament. Yeah. It didn't go away. So homosexuality does not fit anywhere in scripture. Yeah. So that's the uneducated cherry picking of, of, which is common of our day, which is dividing churches and movements. It's why you and I have trouble praying with people from across the street who go to a different church. It, it's because of cherry picking. Yeah, cherry picking. And there's an, there's an aspect of that where reformation again is going to come, right? Because yes. I believe that's, you know, that comes back to the purity, the consecration, the holiness. God is doing this, Chad. Right. He's, he's literally purifying he's the bride. Yes, he is. He's narrowing and purifying the yeah. bride. That's very, very biblical. Oh, I love it. So this is our, we went long, but I yeah. hope you've enjoyed this, uh, just talking about this. Cause yeah. I think these things need to be talked I hope about. I just spur you on. Right. So like you read have, it, read yeah, it for yourself. Like, what we're saying is don't, don't take our word for it. Read it for yourself. Yeah. John these Eckhart, are the things we're, we're seeing, right? Yeah. Like there's guys out there that I think would be helpful to read, whether yeah. you agree with them or not. Yes. I think Michael, um, uh, Iser. Or, uh no, Hessler. Uh, what's his name? Iser. No, uh, yeah. He's different than the new, uh, what is it? The new reformation? Uh, I don't know him. Or the, yeah, the like new the, reformation. Yeah, you do. It's, uh, he, he did some palcons in the church of the Nazarene. Oh, uh, Alan Hirsch. Alan Hirsch. That's yeah. it. Alan he threw Hirsch. me out with the Michael. Yeah, I was going on a so different so No, Alan Hirsch. Yeah. He wrote, he's, he's done a lot of good writing. He's been doing it for 20 years. Well, yeah. uh, interdenominational stuff. So and, he's been seeing it. So yeah, again, for 20 years, 25 years, 25 years. And he's good. Uh, so John, it's not read new. stuff on John Eckhart, uh, Rick Renner, yes. uh, Bill Johnson, um, Randy Clark. Right. Um, there's a lot of people out there that, um, uh, you know, I think that you're not going to agree with everything. Yeah. That's know? what I was going to ask you. Like when you read someone, do you agree hundred percent with everything <laughs> they write? There's, you know, this, I, I chew up the watermelon, spit out the seeds. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. But you, the biggest thing is you got to know who you are. And I think like, I'll say this last thing about the reformation. Yeah. Luther gets some, Things attached to his movement would be a great way to say it. There's some things that are attached to Luther that he didn't believe. Right. This idea that everybody can interpret the scriptures yeah. is not true. He never taught that. He believes that everybody was to read the scriptures and everybody could hear God speak to them through the scriptures. But the scriptures were always interpreted in light of community. Wow. It's That's never powerful. just, it. I, I think it says this and you think it says this and it's okay. Luther never taught that. Right. Paul never taught that. Jesus never taught that. No one ever taught that. Which so, gets us then 
problems with things we're dealing with now. Yes. Because people so are if you're going to gonna study and read some of these books, you yeah. need to read them in a group and read them and tell your pastor about it. Yeah. Go up and say, I have some questions on this and I want to read this. And maybe uh, I got a few friends who are asking questions. Let's all read this together. And let's probably, yeah. you, you probably know more. We do it in community. That's what's so great about you. You've really helped me with community because yeah. I got to a point, honestly, in 2018, I'm like, you know what? Screw everybody else. It's going to be me and Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I freaking hate all you guys. Yeah. You're right. And right. you were just like, I think that's not biblical. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Community, <laughs> right. But so like, that's what I love about El Hop, which yep. is a, uh, you know, there's a lot of Nazarenes here, but, um, it's a community gathering. Interdenominational. And, yeah. Oh dude. I've like, what's his name? Um, over at Salvation Army. Tom, Tom <sighs> Freeman. He's awesome. Isn't he? Oh, I love him, dude. dude him and like, he's so stupid. Awesome. Yeah. Like he's incredible. Yeah. He and, and, yeah Will Riddle. You yeah. know, like we uh, got some of these guys that are, you know, phenomenal. They're phenomenal. Now yeah. I, I look at Will from time to time and I'm like, you're such a crackhead, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Which I don't think anybody's but he ever helps referred me, to Will. Man. He yeah. helps me. He's not a, yeah. So, um, that's so good. Anyway. Yeah. I love this. Well, thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. This is awesome. Uh, Hey, subscribe, send these out. Also our very first video we ever did was on the fivefold. So you want to go back and, uh, and listen I've grown to that. since then. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. So we'll we'll maybe do another video. But on I'll the tell you, that's how long I've been studying this yeah. NAR stuff. Yeah, this isn't just I watched a podcast a couple yeah. weeks ago and now I'm an expert. Right. I've been going after You've this for it. four years. Yeah, that's good. That's four good. Years. And we need to. We need to be read, able to explain. Dude, it. I've probably read a hundred books on the Reformation. Wow, that's crazy. Hundred books on the Reformation. That's your assignment. All right, love you guys. Get up on the mic, baby. So okay. do, you, do you see how I'm doing it? How I'm talking yeah. in the mic? I was hoping you could see in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs>